Hi, Linda Phils here. Welcome to my show where I will be sharing with you the strangest secrets to spiritual and professional success and productivity. So let's get started. So today I'm happy to have with me Sammy Commons. Welcome, Sammy. <laughs> and Sammy, as I understand it, you are finishing up your degree at IHOPU in Christian ministry. It's been quite an accomplishment. Congratulations. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I understand you have a research project to complete. Thus, our interview today, right? Yep, I do. <laughs> okay, so we're going to turn the table, Sammy, and let you ask the questions. And here we go. All right. Well, just getting started, I want to ask you more personal questions about your experience in marketplace ministry. So to start, what has inspired you to be involved with marketplace ministry? You know, Sammy, I think I've been involved with marketplace ministry before I knew the term. It was <laughs> actually something that we just understood that God wanted to be present in our businesses from very early on, even while we were in college at a sporting goods store. And we knew that our employees, who were just a year or two younger than we were, were divinely placed in our lives for us to influence them. And so we were actually doing marketplace ministry before it was the popular thing to do. So we came into it quite naturally. It wasn't a conscious decision to go do that. It's like that's what we were doing. And then later we understood there was a term for it. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. What has been your experience with marketplace ministry as a whole? Our experience, and I say our, uh, early on, Rick and I together had the sporting goods store and a silk screen shop, and so it was very much a family affair where we would bring our employees home with us for cookouts or be involved in their lives. Everything the textbooks tell you not to do, like they say, keep your personal <laughs> life over here, your professional life over here. So we did it all wrong, you know, evidently, according to the textbook, but we did everything in that context right in terms of actually being involved in their lives. So for me, the biggest thing I've seen happen is that real lives are impacted in the marketplace in ways they might not ever be influenced in a church. People in our workplaces are hungry and we're right there when they have a problem or a tragedy or a question. So to me, the biggest impact is just being ready to encourage someone in the Lord, pray for them when that makes sense, yeah. and show them what Jesus looks like with skin on. Yeah, that's awesome. What needs or ministry opportunities stood out to you when you started the Marketplace Ministry? Well, you know, we were doing it, like I said, along the way, even in my college profession, teaching and running a corporate training center. Now, the last 10 years, I've more intentionally been putting my time towards 7 Impact, which is an official 501c3 marketplace ministry. And so the opportunities that I'm very passionate about now are helping other men and women get hold of this reality mm -hmm. of what it is to be a believer in the marketplace and not segregate your realities like we do in the Western society where it's like, okay, secular's over here, ministry's over here. And it's like, no, Jesus did it all together, all rolled up together. Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest opportunity is helping people cross that divide and never go back so that they're fully alive in their work with a sense of God's pleasure over work. He loves work. Mm, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a specific testimony or highlight from your marketplace ministry experience that stands out? One of my favorites is about a woman who worked with me for quite some time. And I find, Sammy, that God does a lot of things in the context of work that 
as we said, might not happen in another way. Right. Well, this woman was uh, working with me on a project. So we were actually, I think, putting together some notebooks or materials for a big thing that was going to happen, a big conference of some kind. And in the context of day in, day out, getting to know each other, I came to understand she had some type of a very deep hurt in her life. And she never fully described it to me, but she would refer to it with pain in her eyes and talk about the fact that this was something she thought she could never get over, so to speak. Well, we're doing the notebooks. We have all these materials all spread out. We're just chatting as we go. We never stopped working on the notebooks to go have inner healing or prayer. (laughs) We didn't say we're doing something different. We didn't stop the clock. We just kept working. And as we're working, I told her when she referred to this deep pain and that she wasn't sure she could ever get over it. I said, well, you know, I said, God can take care of that in a minute. It's not too late. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, we didn't stop and bow our heads like we were in the church, (laughs) you know, but I just said a prayer while we kept working. I just said, well, Lord, heal my friend's pain, you know, take this pain away. Jesus name. Amen. So just kind of set it like a sentence up into the air to God, but not stopping, not missing a beat. Okay. Okay. So we finished the afternoon on our project, got everything all done, parted ways for the evening. Next morning, she came in a rush, kind of an excited rush into my office. And she said, Linda, you'll never guess what's happened. And I said, what? And I wasn't even mindful of our conversation really at that moment. (laughs) And uh, she said, last night, Jesus visited me in my sleep. And he had to do it in my sleep because it was such a deep pain. I couldn't have stood it if I was awake. That was her way of saying it. And she said, it's like his presence hovered over me and he lifted all of this pain out of my heart. And her eyes were so big and the excitement was in her voice and she was a different woman. Mm -hmm. And so God took care of her hurt and pain. We had a little conversation about it right in the midst of putting these materials together. The next morning, it's done. And I feel like so often we have the wrong goal at work. We think, The big thing is to get someone to the revival meeting or the church meeting, you know, and those are great things. We want to do that, but we're missing a lot of opportunities, I think, just about what can happen in the day-to-day context of work. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. That's an awesome experience. What is the biggest misconception in the church regarding the marketplace ministry, would you say? I think there's two things that go together that are the biggest misconception about the marketplace uh, as far as the church goes. The first one is, you're in business to write me a check. (laughs) You pass the offering. Make your check out too. X, Y, Z. Now, we do want to write checks to the church and to ministries. Uh, People in business have that privilege and that honor. But when it's the only thing that the church or the ministry asks of the business person, that's a problem. And the problem is that the business person has skill with vision casting, goal setting, projections, program development, implementation, a wealth of things that the church desperately needs. And I, this is just a personal opinion, I have not researched this, Mm -hmm. but I believe that perhaps one reason there's so many parachurch organizations and ministries that spring up is because marketplace people are searching, searching, searching for how to bring their gifts into the church, and they're being met with a stone wall. Mm -hmm. 
And so I feel like a big misconception is that the only role of marketplace is to write the check and that the marketplace people have no gifts to contribute inside the church. I tell you what, I think the pastor that gets this right and mobilizes his marketplace people with their vision and their gifts as well as their checks, that's the pastor who doesn't ever have to ask for an offering because people feel a part of something. And so I'm pretty passionate about that. I've watched it both ways for a number of years. And, you know, Lydia in the Bible is a seller of purple, if you remember. Mm -hmm. And she ended up at a little church meeting down by the riverbank, you know, where Paul and his friends were. And the scripture goes on to say they eventually started holding the meetings at her house. And, you know, I, I look back, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall, but somehow Lydia found a way to bring all of her gifts to the table. And they were received by these men, and you know, forming the early church. Wow. So it's a good example to ponder. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing. We hope you're loving the Linda Field Show and that these ideas are helping you succeed day by day. We know you're busy and don't always get the resources you need to grow in your development as a spiritual professional. That's why Linda has created True Tribe, a community of learning for men and women who are ready to experience God-made success. You can access helpful classes and put your learning to work by getting started today for just $1. Come on over to truetribe.org join and get what's waiting for you inside True Tribe. See you over at truetribe.org slash join.